1: You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Mm-hmm. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the man they call David
2: Walker. They call me that because that's my name.
1: <laughs> we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On and find podcast on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest growing podcast network in the world. All right, let's talk about our latest player recap. Johnny O'Brien, Johnny O'Brien Third, Jonathan O'Brien, Notorious J.O.B., Johnny Triple Sticks. Bleh. We know the nicknames, but who is this player that the Hornets signed to multiple 10-day contracts and then ultimately into a non-guaranteed summer deal? Who is this man, David, the best you can tell?
2: I think he was a pleasant surprise, Doug. I mean, it's a good way to describe he, him. He, you, we talked about our um, our uh, our bench wrenches, right, in a previous episode. And did we settle on him as the Hornets' bench? Uh, he was wrench? the
1: single. Yes, he had, he had a single wrench in his tool set in that game against Denver, where he scored 15 points, um, knocked down a three. March fourth, two thousand seventeen. Most of North Carolina had their eyes on the Tar Heels playing in the tournament that night. The Hornets were in the mile-high city, and O'Brien scored 15. He grabbed six rebounds, going 7 of 9 from the floor. He also helped frustrate Nikola Jokic in that game with his physical play. even made a heat check three.
2: Now, do you think this was because he played for Denver earlier in the season?
1: Could be, could be yeah. It, I mean, right? there could be a little bit of revenge, but as, as Dale put
2: familiarity. It,
1: it, as a big man, 6'9", power forward, pretty big guy, Um, you know, call up from the D-League. I think Del Curry put it best. Three is just not in his name. No, it's in his game. That was the pleasant surprise. Oh, man, this guy can hit threes.
2: Yeah, I mean, these guys kept getting called up, right, because just big guy after big guy for the Hornets kept Steve Bob
1: Forrest of At the Hive called the uh, front court rotation an Indian burial ground because it was such a disaster. So you have to wonder,
2: we may not have seen him if things had gone according to plan. For the Hornets this year, right? But, um, wow. yeah, yeah, this
1: it was. And it, the, the interesting thing is that both Briante Weber and Johnny O'Brien, both players not playing within the swarm organization, like the Hornets yeah. get the swarm D League team, and, and then the two bright spots were call ups from other D League teams,
2: right? Yeah, so that's the big thing you'll be looking for if you're looking for summer league, uh, storylines, right? It would be Briante and Johnny O'Brien, I think, along with whomever else they signed, maybe a rookie, hopefully, here or there. Um, maybe a lottery pick, hopefully. But um, do you see any potential with him sticking around next season? I mean, you got to – first of all, if you're hoping for success with the Hornets, you have Being
1: tall is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, No, I think he has good catch-and-shoot skills. He's physical and active defensively. um, But uh, in the past, he struggled to protect the rim, although Johnny O'Brien said this back in 2016 as a member of the Washington Wizards, said, quote, I just know that really any time I step on the court, I'm trying to defend whoever. For me, it's about playing hard, playing my game and trying not to overdo it. Hopefully, I impress Coach. Now, at the time, he was talking about Coach Scott Brooks, but I think that kind of attitude is going to serve him well within this organization. He sounds a lot like another guy that was able to latch on and get guaranteed money from, this, uh, from the Hornets' Travion Graham. Right. I mean, he just has that mentality that uh, Coach Clifford really likes. And I can definitely. It's going. The problem is, it might get a little crowded in the front court because you do have, you've got Zeller, you've got Kaminsky, you've got Marvin, you've got Plumley. I mean, those four guys are locked in.
2: You have to hope that it does. I mean, you have to hope that those guys are healthy and playing. Yeah. So,
1: so there may be opportunities if he is able to to latch on, but it would be in a. But but he got a shot. I think that's interesting. He got a shot as soon as he came in because of the injury situation that the Hornets were dealing with at the time, but. I think he represents Hope personified. He represents the Hornets trying to find diamonds in the rough like the Miami Heat have been doing for years. So it's a positive sign to see the Hornets exploring guys like Johnny O'Brien.
2: Now, he did get hurt, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. Yes,
2: Uh, like everyone else, like you mentioned, it was just a tough go at it uh, for the Hornets big men this year. Hey, here's something you probably didn't know about Johnny
1: O'Brien. He is a huge fan of anime and has his own digital comic label called Noir Caesar. Whoa. Which he started to introduce more ethnic diversity into the anime manga space. Very cool. So he's artsy. creative.
2: I did not know that, but that's cool.
1: That is very cool. There was someone who recently for the Hornets, I think he's got... I feel like the Hornets gravitate towards players that like to draw. Like Lynn, maybe was an artist.
0: Mm-hmm. i got to go search back through my, my game yeah, notes to know.
1: find out the... But I feel like there's been another player that was a big fan of drawing. But that's that's cool. Interesting fact. I'm not big into the anime manga world.
2: No, I'm not familiar with it either. <laughs> but, but it's nice that he's yeah you know, like his taking interest in it.
1: All right. So uh, that's all we have on Johnny O'Brien. Uh, but we are going <laughs> to continue into a conversation about something that David and I really just wanted to talk about. So we said, might as well Let's do it on the it. podcast. Um, it's uh, 13 Reasons Why.
2: And this is a spoiler.
1: Huge spoiler. If, you're, if you don't want to hear about this TV show or you don't care about hearing us talk about a TV show, then please, um, uh, we're done with the basketball talk. But we're going to talk about this series um, and, and spoilers ahead. So, David, this was uh, – a lot of people are talking about this show on Netflix, and it surrounds a, a young girl who uh, commits suicide. Yeah. And it discusses the 13 reasons that she lays out of uh, why she decided to commit suicide and before we, we continue to talk about this, I just want to say that uh, there is a, a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, uh, 1-800-273-8255. There are services out there. Uh, if, if you do need help, please call that, that number again, 1-800-273-8255. So let's talk about our thoughts on this show because it's, it's sort of captured uh, cultural attention right now, a lot of people um, uh, cautioning about letting your your children, you know, sort of pre- middle school or high school age, oh. watch this television show, uh, what what did you think? Well,
2: especially if you make it all the way to the end, right? I mean, there are some graphic scenes in this. It's interesting to watch in real time, too, because with some of the attention and the backlash that it's gotten, like Netflix has to go back in and put um,
1: more warnings. disclaimers. Yeah, more
2: disclaimers before, I think, like the entire show and then in, in certain specific episodes – towards the end i mean when they show we're skipping all the way to the end at this point but i've got several well actually okay first of all let, this is a free flowing conversation yeah, yeah. so it's based on a book were you aware of this based I, on a tween book right I,
1: I was aware and apparently the book just deals with a boy and a girl as opposed yeah. to sort of this so um,
2: this is the first issue that i uh, well that i've seen first of all i really like the show it's I, I enjoyed it um as just as a show right uh-huh. um in the book though it all happens in one night <laughs> yeah because he listens to the tape and he listens to the to the tapes at the time that he gets them, right, and on the show, like that's one of the biggest things I've seen people knocking for it's like listen, just tapes. just
1: go listen to the tapes
2: <laughs> and, and what he's
1: like buying a candy bar he's like going to a movie like no, yeah, listen, just it. stop just but you, you know what's funny too the the most ironic mm-hmm. part of it all is that I know you probably did this and I did this. And a lot of people are doing this because it's on Netflix. We binge watch.
2: Yeah. And then you're
1: like, binge these tapes. And the, the, uh, the counselor at the end did it.
2: Cause he got to 13. Well, do you think he just skipped to his? I don't know. I couldn't tell. That's a good debate. But so, yeah. So that was the one thing it's like, all right, get to your effing tape. First of all. Okay. (laughs) And then, but then as more of watching, I'm like, why, what was the, why were they so worried? Like, what was the, the the impetus for them to keep him down, like, to force him to stop? Like, why did they – what were they so afraid? I mean, I guess the worry was that they would get in trouble for having contributed to this girl's you bring Suicide. up
1: you bring up a point uh, a point that I have with the show and I'll say that I enjoyed the show from a uh, from a production standpoint I thought it was really well produced the editing was amazing the way that you sound I like the was guy really good I
2: like the main guy uh, some of, of the acting was, was good.
1: good the dialogue was like w- sort of television it sort of grab it, it moved from uh, really really good dialogue to sort of television after school special mm-hmm. at times and I'll say this they attacked a subject that is near impossible to do right. Suicide, such a complex.
2: Yeah. And uh, bullying. I mean, and in bullying high school and it's almost and impossible media. to do.
1: And I thought they did it clumsily at best and, and sort of exploitative at worst. And they sort of, again, they, they oscillated it. And, but I think that um it was a show that, was honest about certain things, and then again, I think glamorized things at other times. It was just a, a show that seemed like it was trying its best, mm-hmm. um, but just falling short in certain areas. And you mentioned the final scene when she actually does commit suicide. That was
2: that was. Did you I think watch it, it? Yeah, I did. I didn't. It was intentionally like a shot to the gut. I mean, it was intentionally shocking, right? But I think that was part of it. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a you've you've gone on this journey with this girl you know you know it's coming the whole time Mm -hmm. and i think that was definitely um intentional for it to be you know something you watch and felt
1: i made an intentional choice not to watch Ah. it and i because i think it's it's a personal choice that you because i knew it was coming too and as it they sort of give you at least give you a little lead up to it so you know it's coming but
2: you i thought it was going to stop short of like her getting in the bathtub—that's what they
1: wanted you to think. I think to a certain extent, they because oh. uh, they wanted it to be um, that. Th- that's sort of what we think of when when we get to these type of subjects. Yeah. Is like they're going to protect us from this. I chose not to watch it, and I'll I'll explain why. I think just personally, for me, I feel like there are certain things that we we are made to see, and certain things that we shouldn't see. It was, and, and I just think that that depiction, I can, I feel like as just, again, this is all personal. I'm not putting this on anyone. Sure. I just think that like, I, I know I can know how terrible and awful suicide is without seeing someone fillet their wrists.
2: Oh man. I mean, it was brutal to watch. uh,
1: Yeah. So that I chose not to, because I just think some things sit with you and, and you can choose It's just in the same way that I wouldn't go watch uh, the guy who murdered someone on Facebook. I don't choose to watch that. Yeah. Because I just think that that stuff, uh, for some people, it can can start to chip away at the soul a little bit. Um, so that's it was, why it's rough. I chose not to watch. But it. But
2: I think it was effective. I think in what it was trying to do. I can certainly see if you watched that and you thought it was, you know, uh, over the line. Though I mean, I don't, it was. It was it's, I don't, it's but brutal. do people
1: saying, here is the thing. That scene did not glamorize suicide. No. I I think it made it look as painful and horrible and lonely as that act uh, can be. What glamorized suicide in my mind, or at least it glamorized what happens after suicide, there's this idea that if you you end your life, for some people there's this idea that if I end my life, it's going to teach A, B, and C a lesson. Right. And, and that you and there's this idea that you get to control the narrative.
2: And through that, you see that right through the show, you see she the, no, that. she
1: controls the she is literally alive after death mm-hmm. via editing right. because you you see her cross cut with with the main character, right? And that's just not true. Like a lot of these times, like you're, yes, it's going to have an effect on people, but then and maybe they attack, maybe they mention some of this in season two. I don't know, but. Um, okay. We need to talk about that. Okay. But, but there is, there's this idea that like, no, you're, you're gone and you don't get to control that narrative. A lot of people are going to control that narrative yeah. about, about your act and your life. Um, so, so I think in that sense, it glamorized the act.
2: And I can see both sides of it. I do think that uh, it does shine light on some of those other factors that, you know, I, I just don't think about, but as like a, a new quote unquote, new parent with like young kids, not high school kids. Right. A lot of that was like terrifying. I was like, Oh my God it's been a while since i was in high school mm-hmm. but you remember you know how mean kids can be and mm-hmm. and all that stuff and some of it that stuff is on the technology but i think even without the technology it it gets down to like the 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 root of like either bullying or feeling left out or feeling isolated right that yeah. that's always going to be there no matter of the technology you know what i mean and that and like she used the tapes uh that was part of the the, the the thing right, she was using tapes and older technology, so it couldn't be like on Facebook or whatever, like spoiled.
1: I, now you just reminded me to go back because we're kind of going all yeah. over the place, but I wanted to go back to the point that you made about like what were they expecting to happen? <laughs> why with were the they the state? That's one of the problem with the series is when they expanded it out to so many characters, there were questions about stakes. Like I right. don't feel the why stakes... was the guy
2: who had a like why was it such a big deal that he had a a picture of his butt? Was that was going to get released or, or that was released or
1: the the tall. Kind of Asian basketball player. Yeah, um, he he was mean to a girl. He and, was mean, <laughs> right? So like that doesn't rise what to the level his, of criminal. What act. was he worried about? Right. So you think of, of all these people, there were a couple of links in there, and they were worried about the main character. I'd have been worried about the basketball player. It's like, dude, I we're, they were all trying to protect a rapist, and this guy was just mean. <laughs> yeah. He just stole some paper from this girl.
2: <laughs> okay, so let's talk. You about- You feel like yeah. he's going to rat? First of all uh pet peeve of mine and it's difficult to portray accurately basketball and basketball game shot it's oh my god it's not a good god. shot it's not a good shot his it's shot not believable uh he's a tall guy but i also i don't buy for a second now what's the other kid's name justin no effing way arizona's coming to watch that kid play no. <laughs> he's mm. maybe five ten. oh yeah and i didn't see him dribble and i certainly didn't see him jump um the physical tools were not there no uh, so that was one issue with
1: it. Where to see, we should rank, we, should, we need to think about this. I don't want to talk about this now because we haven't thought about it, but we should rank the, uh, least believable basketball players in television and movie history. Oh,
2: that's, that's a long list. Cause it's tough. It is tough. That's the hardest one. That's why you don't see it that much. But the other thing was, okay, when they're in the warm up line, why don't they have on warmups? They're just, <laughs> they're always wearing their uniforms. Okay. So that was one. The other thing I noticed about the language. The language on these kids in the middle of a high school gymnasium, mm-hmm. with the faculty and parents all around, they're just yelling f bombs yeah. at this kid in the crowd. Yeah, um, and it they just off the court. It's Basically, what Durant did to the Jazz mascot. right, right. But these are high school kids, and and plus that at the honor council meeting, both of them are just firing f bombs. Well, and, and, and the
1: the worst guidance counselor <laughs> like, in the hey, history language, of language. Hey, language, language, gentlemen. Just
2: one more warning, and enough of that language. The, so
1: that that's the thing that I made fun of in this show the the most was the worst guidance counselor in the history of guidance counselors. And that's before I saw the final, because he is, you know, he's part of the final tape and the final reason why.
2: Hey, come on by. I'm going to drop by my office. It's just every,
1: everything that he did was the wrong decision.
2: (laughs) Not, not, not a great movie for school administration.
1: No. Another problem that I think I have with the show is, is the character of Bryce, who is oh. the, the the rapist. Now, that guy was um, supposed
2: to be the captain of the football team. Bryce is not in great shape. Okay? Well, Liz, just, I don't care like, about that. <laughs> Let's he's not supposed talking. to be the high school quarterback, Let's first of all. And then he gets some award at the very beginning of the show and holds it up as if it's the Larry O'Brien trophy in the middle of a high school gymnasium, which from what I could tell was basically just like student of the week. <laughs> and then he introduces not the whole basketball team, just the starting five.
1: You have a lot of problems with this character, uh, apart I, from the central problem in my mind. Well, which he's is, a rapist. <laughs> well, there's that. But, I mean, but the problem with this character, I thought, just in terms of writing and writing this character, is that you introduce us to this group of kids. Yeah. And including uh, the, the character that commits suicide. And they are all... They all have good qualities. They're they're a lot like normal kids. They all have good qualities. Yep. They all have bad qualities. They make good decisions and they make bad decisions. That's good writing, except for Bryce. Bryce is evil personified, and, and not that, not that you. That's the problem when you when you introduce a character as having um, the tendencies to rape. It's very difficult for you to then go and like make any kind of. Uh, uh, justification not justifications but you know what i'm saying right. like laying in backstory for him that's like but he does sit in this world as like just complete evil with no backstory we don't other than he's affluent yes so there's you could definitely make some um you know uh draw some parallels there to what the maybe the writers were were talking about but
2: another thing i did enjoy uh the use of the parents and the actors they chose to portray those roles so one you had um, kate
1: walsh right kate
2: walsh who was good? Who was really good? Um, uh, the the photographer's kid, his his dad is is Tom Everett Scott, who was in that thing you do, and who's in La La Land at the very end. Yep. Um, the guy from that was Denise Huxtable's husband was was the dad uh, was the military another military guy guy the um,
1: white haired uh, white haired kids dad.
2: No, 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 no. That no. was
1: Jacob from Lost. That
2: guy, that guy, from Lost. No, the couple of Lost vets the, in here. The kid,
1: the main character's a Lost vet. Yeah, he, he, was played, Jack's he kid. played
2: Jack's son. No, the the uh, the girl Jessica, mm-hmm. her dad was on the Cosby Show.
1: Yes, 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 yes. He was military. Yes,
2: exactly. Military on this show too. So I enjoyed that. Little He's wink. typecast. <laughs> it was a little wink and a nod to you know uh, child actors or, or TV shows and stuff like that. But all right, Tony. Why was he like a guardian angel? Well, like he was, he talked to her last, I guess, and well, let's, felt let's responsible say this. for it.
1: He's not, he was not a literal angel. I saw that theory bouncing around online. Well, he was dead. It's like other characters referred to him constantly, but it
2: made sense because he was like out of the 1950s. Or it was that was a weird choice, but well, that's, that's fine. Style. That's, I yeah, feel like short on the yeah. sides and then really but the long red mustache. Yeah, that was fine. All right. But why was he the guardian angel? Like why was he shepherding this? Because he felt responsible, but he was the last one to talk to her. Was Season that it?
1: Two. Why well, did you, Tony's question mark circled? There was yeah. Some, why
2: was he circled on that?
1: I, I feel like that wasn't that was an allusion to hey can can I trust this person to carry out oh, okay. the mission? Okay. And there was some allusion. They that. did have the one flashback scene with those two that he was like, hey, you okay? So there's obviously some story Here's that they this didn't tape tell. Recorder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's obviously yeah. some story that they didn't tell about their relationship, but he managed to to stay out of the thirteen.
2: Yeah, so he wasn't on the tape. He, gets, he did Scott, he listen to the tape off. first? He listened to the tapes first. Yes. Yes. She sent one and then he has a copy of it, which he buried somewhere. But he'll give it to the well, parents. If he had the a, copy,
1: then we can watch the copy. The copy.
2: <laughs> um, um okay. And then um what
1: else you thought what else you want
2: to talk about? So yeah, Tony was a big question. Um I guess that was, that was, oh, season two. Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, Somebody's, is this uh, really the white-haired necessary? kid's yeah, been shot. Yeah, shots. but, but they, they dropped that bomb in the penultimate episode. And then well, so I they, was like, are they ever going to get back? There's and then, something
1: called money. <laughs> and um, they've made a lot of it. They would, so, they've got a jar at home.
2: Yeah, I get it, man. It's just that, 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 that could be a, a self-sustained, contained uh, 13 episodes, which by the way, could have been 10. Didn't need to be 13. I don't think you needed. What's the,
1: it's a get to the tapes thing. Just listen to the tapes. Yeah.
2: That's another criticism. I've seen. You could cut it down to 10.
1: Well, you know, going back to the production though, and this is really my final word on things is that, uh, I really think I love the reason I, I didn't want to watch this initially. I didn't just feel like it was for me, but the reason I got into it is because I really dig descends into madness. Like my favorite movies of all time. We're talking about the Godfather, which is really a story about Michael going mad with power. Um, uh, there will be blood is a complete descent into madness. So I dig those kind of stories. Amadeus is another one of my favorite movies. And you could see the, the, the main character going, going uh, yeah. Clay Jensen. That didn't make mad. sense.
2: That did make sense. I mean, it would yeah. be, it would be and really the way they weird edited it, and crazy.
1: You could, you know, sort of him seeing things, hallucinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. The- he was going dream insane. Dream
2: within a dream stuff. I was like, okay, one level is fine. We don't need to go into, you know. It got like, Inception we Don't, don't incept me, okay? <laughs> um, oh, the other thing was, oh man, I just had it. Um, maybe it was just the fact that you would watch. You would certainly try and find your own tape. Like you would, you would, oh, that's what it was. They were always like. Listen to your tape. It gets worse. Listen to your tape. It gets worse. It it wasn't worse. She said he wasn't responsible. Yeah, <laughs> he's like you don't total, belong here.
1: That, but I, <laughs> yeah. you know what, I feel for that. I, I'm so guilty of this. I tell people, I'm t- telling people right now to go watch Thirteen Reasons Why, and I'm totally blowing it up, and it, people are just going to be disappointed.
2: No, it's good, but these are it, everything can't be Breaking Bad or like perfect, you know, lined up to a T. But yeah. that was it. Was like. You haven't listened to your tape yet, have you? Oh my gosh! They just were get they ready. kept trying You're to bait us into like it.
1: Clay was a monster, and we just maybe he was suppressing some kind of memory. That's the sort of theory that I was working with. Yeah. That he did something because you know they kept flashing to the the moment uh, when they almost had sex, right? And um, so you something know I was just happened. getting ready for them to be like he was the one that raped but her. If
2: she hadn't have been specifically said, you don't belong on this tape. <laughs> And then they could have sold it a little better, right? He was like, you really don't belong here. It wasn't your fault. And they were like, why did you tell me it was going to be so much worse? It
1: was a it was a weird show, good but, she, it was, good watch. but it was a good show. Yeah. Um, And it did. I think I landed ultimately in that. I'll go back to what I said. I think it tried to tackle an impossible subject and it did it clumsily at times, Um, but I think it. Just from, I think it had good intentions, uh, but I think there is a lot to sort of critically dive in and examine and talk about some things that it got right and some things that it got wrong. But I think you and I are in agreement that um, kids,
2: dude, I would say kids should not honestly, watch this at all. Really? And then
1: I do, I honestly do, because I if they do, it has to be like with parents and parents um, talk about it.
2: Yeah, Um, well, that's uh, you
1: can't stop kids from doing right. So there's that. But I think like if you're a parent, you got to like talk to them about this because it affected me as an adult. That's the
2: scary thing that that you look how oblivious the parents were. About everything that was going on, right from yeah. from overarching, like they yeah. had no clue what was happening. And I was like, "Oh my God, is that that that's what it's like? It's it's terrifying."
1: All right, well, uh, that'll do it for this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much for listening. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for David. I'm Doug. We're back next week with some more draft analysis for the Charlotte Hornets. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets Live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Ace is a
0: place with the helpful hardware folks.